Hello everyone, my name is Athena and I am your host tonight for another episode of Vanished in the Valley. Before we dig in today's cases, I just have to apologize for my voice. I totally like 100% lost it this weekend. It was like a croaking frog and whispering for two days. It was fucking terrible. But I got these uh, Ricolas lozenges from the boyfriend and they've actually helped a lot. So if you can stand to listen to the scratchy voice, go ahead and kick back because I'm going to tell you the story of a sex trafficking organization that has rescued over 3,000 children from sexual slavery. So get all comfy and get ready for this shit. We are going to start out with some numbers so you understand kind of the whole scope of the sexual slavery throughout the world. Human trafficking is a crime and it's a violation of the most basic human rights. It involves the use of force, coercion, or fraud to exploit a person into slave labor or sexual exploitation. And just so you know, it can happen to anyone, people of all ages, color, gender, religious background. Women are often used for sexual exploitation, while men are usually used for forced labor. It's believed that one in five human trafficking victims are children, exploited for begging, child rape videos, or child labor. And I use the term child rape videos because pornography is a consensual deal between adults and a child cannot consent. And usually these rape videos are horribly, just like you can tell it's abuse. This child is upset, it's screaming, it is rape. So according to the Bureau of Justice, of the human trafficking cases reported between January 2008 and June 2010, Sex trafficking victims were more likely to be white, 26%, or black, 40%, compared to labor trafficking victims who were more likely to be Hispanic, which 63%, or Asian at 17%. Authorities consider human trafficking to be what's called a hidden crime because frequently the victims don't come forward because they're afraid of the traffickers, they may be afraid of law enforcement, or there may even just be like a language barrier. So it's, it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on and you could see a sex trafficking victim right in front of you and not even know. So the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime actually made a list of indicators that you can use to help identify victims. And here are some of the things. They may appear malnourished. They may appear injured or having signs of physical abuse. They'll avoid eye contact, of social interaction, and law enforcement. They respond in manners that seem rehearsed or scripted. They lack personal identification documents, and they also lack personal possessions. And just so you know, a common misconception about human trafficking is that it doesn't happen in the U.S., and that's so wrong. The United States is ranked as one of the worst countries in the world for human trafficking. It's estimated about 199,000 incidents occur within the U.S. every year, you guys. Every year. And we're the number one consumer 
of child rape videos. So just let that sink in. The U.S. is the problem. Definitely a part of the problem, if not the problem. The National Human Trafficking Hotline has one of the most extensive data sets on human trafficking in the United States collected through phone calls, texts, online chats, emails, and online tips received by the hotline. While the information is some of the most comprehensive available, the data does not define the totality of human trafficking. The number of cases presented is only the cases that are reported. And as I've said like many, many times on past shows, most of the time, sex crimes are not reported for such a variety of reasons. Shame, fear, there's many, many reasons. So this human trafficking hotline serves victims and survivors of human trafficking across the United States. It is available 24-7, 365 days a year. And there's more than 200 languages. I've actually talked about this hotline before on the podcast, but just check this out. They can help a person of any age, religion, race, language, gender identity, sexual orientation, or disability. And get a pen, you guys. If you know someone that needs help or you need help, here's their phone number. It's one 888-373-7888. And even if you're hearing and speech impaired, you guys can dial just 711 or send an SMS text to 233-733 or start a live chat on the website. Now check this out, guys. Back in 2019, the U.S. had 11,500 human trafficking cases reported. So... I'm sure there was so many more. But the most common type of trafficking was sex trafficking, with 8,248 reported. With the most common venues being illicit massage slash spa businesses and pornography. Now, check this out. I'm from California, and we have the highest human trafficking rate in the U.S., with 1,507 cases reported in 2019. 1,118 of those cases were sex trafficking, 158 were labor trafficking, and 69 were both sex and labor. I mean, check it out. Somebody thinks they own you, you're their slave, don't think they're just going to try to get labor out of you. They basically think of you as an object, and they'll do what they want with you. The remaining cases were not specified, but most of the sex trafficking cases reported in California were the massage and spa businesses we were just talking about. Of the cases reported, 1,290 were female and 149 were male. 10 were gender minorities. So Texas came in next, then Florida and New York. So these four states have the highest human trafficking rates in the U.S. But I mean, they also have huge populations compared to the other states, so I can see why they're in the top four. So this combined with certain industries such as agriculture creates prime environments for forced labor. And, you know, California is like the breadbasket of the United States and we're right on the border of Mexico. So it's just like wide open for the taking for these assholes. Let me just list the 10 states with the highest rates of human trafficking. We have Nevada, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, Delaware, 
Ohio, Missouri, California, Texas, and Michigan. So it's kind of interesting, Nevada being the highest. Is that a gambling thing? Is that a fucking desert thing? I don't know. I wonder if somebody's going to try to do some studies on that to try to figure it out. But now that you kind of have an idea with numbers and that it does happen in the United States and it is a U.S. problem, let me get into this sex trafficking organization that rescued more than 3,000 kids. It's an amazing story and the reason I'm talking about this organization is because it's, you know, totally self-funded. It works on donations and they're in more than 20 countries helping countries that need, I guess, this extra help coming in to bust the sex traffickers. Some of the stories I watched on documentaries about this organization last night are just, they're fucking terrible. I can't believe that. I mean, I can't believe it because humans in general just kind of suck. But the level of suck that they go to with these children there were infants for sale, you guys, for sex trafficking. Infants. Let that sink in. So the organization I'm talking about is called Our Underground Railroad. They were founded in 2013, and they've gathered the world's experts in extraction operations and in anti-child trafficking efforts to begin an end to child slavery. So in just from now on, I'm going to refer to them with their acronym, which is OUR you know, our underground railroad, <laughs> get it? So, <laughs> ours, ops team consists of former CIA, past and current law enforcement, and highly skilled operatives that lead coordinated identification and extraction efforts. These operations are always in conjunction with law enforcement throughout the world. So it's not like they just like show up in some foreign country and start busting in doors. No, not at all. They're actually working with the law enforcement in that particular country. So it's time for private citizens and organizations to rise up and help. It's our duty as a free and blessed people. And that's 100% true, you guys. It's every person's duty to stamp out child trafficking and child sexual exploitation. Ours salutes our nation's law enforcement officers, prosecutors at the federal, state, and local levels who protect our country's children. Like I was saying earlier, the law enforcement professionals skillfully investigate, arrest, and prosecute those who violate children. Our nation's police efforts to protect children in the U.S. are light years ahead of many, if not all, other countries. Our acknowledges the expertise and extraordinary work done by the dedicated men and women who bravely battle the fucking child exploitation. Our shares the mission to save children and seek justice for those who victimize them. Therefore, our is committed to enhancing law enforcement efforts by providing resources where budget shortfalls prohibit a CSAM which stands for Child Sexual Abuse Material, Child Exploitation or Human Trafficking Operation from going forward. Our will also provide or facilitate child exploitation investigative training in U.S. jurisdictions where a need exists. So it's just like collaborating with law enforcement with this, you know, the organization. 
It really does reduce duplication, it promotes the best practices, and avoids other potential issues which might arise without coordination. Our is privileged and honored to support our nation's heroes in this important cause to detour, disrupt, and dismantle child exploitation and the trafficking of children in our nation's communities. So that's just kind of like their little mission statement if you go to their website, which is ourrescue.org. They have actually a pretty great website. You can go there, you can join the fight, and it'll list how you do it. You can donate, you can volunteer, you can host an event, attend event. There's shopping stuff, so there's, you know, different, like, items, clothing, t-shirts, stuff like that, necklaces. Go check them out, you guys. They definitely could use any type of help they can get because they literally are operating in more than 20 countries. And, you know, just to fly a team, an extraction team to say, Haiti, you know how much money that's got to cost to get all their equipment there? All of this costs money. So anything you guys can do to help these people out would be fucking amazing. And I know that they would appreciate it. Now, because I've told you a little bit about them, um, let me just kind of like explain the whole, how it started. Because it's kind of an amazing story. So check this out. So the whole organization was started by Tim Ballard and Mark Stott. Tim Ballard actually worked for the government before he started this organization. He had worked for the Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, and different U.S. Special Operation Forces. Um, what happened is he just, he was working specifically with child sex trafficking and he was going to get pulled from a certain case because they couldn't tie it to any Americans. And that was always the basis. It had to be an American case so it could go through American courts. And he just knew that there was, you know, many children, dozens of children in this place that they were trying to bust. And if he left now, no one was going to be there to save these children. So he went home. He got the blessings of his wife to just completely quit his job and go out on his own and just try to do this through donations. And that was way back in 2013, and he's still going strong. As of April of 2020, Operation Underground Railroad reports 3,000 victims rescued and 182 traffickers arrested. And like I was saying, there's still so much more work to go because these perverts are not going away. They are always going to be there, and it's going to be a cat and mouse game with the authorities and anyone else who can find a way to help. So, like I said, if you guys want to go to their website, check them out and see what you can do to support them. That would be awesome because they will always need the help. Now, as with anything, fucking assholes can find some shit to bitch about, you know, with something that could be almost perfect. And what they found to bitch about with this organization is that people don't like the fact that sometimes they will broadcast the raids without regards for victim privacy. And he supports the wall along the southern border of the United States. And over his written works in his Hypothesis series, which has been described as ahistorical and revisionist, Ballard's work includes the development of software and internet investigations specifically to infiltrate file-sharing networks for traffickers' exchange in child rape videos. So they're worried about they fucking have broadcast some people's faces. I'm like, really? You're going to fucking bitch about these people broadcasting a couple people's faces 
when they've rescued over 3,000 children. Get a fucking hobby, okay? Get a fucking hobby. If you guys want more information on the group, there is a documentary. Actually, there's a couple documentaries. There's some uh, interviews with the founder, Tim. There is one documentary called Operation Toussaint, and it came out in 2018. And it features this operation in Haiti. And, oh my God, you guys, they bust this place that was posing as an orphanage. And these poor fucking kids are just kept in the most disgusting conditions. And they were being sold for sexual exploitation. Tim actually ended up adopting two of the kids in that raid. They got 29 kids right before they could all be sold. They were in the process of being sold. So check that out. There's also a movie they made. It's called The Sound of Freedom. I haven't had a chance to check it out. I don't know if it's actually out yet, but it sounds like it's cool. It just basically tells the whole story of how Tim was, you know, a DHS operative, a CIA operative, and just got fed up with the way the U.S. government and the bureaucratic bullshit that went on with all these anti-trafficking raids and just all the paperwork and the I think him having to give up one of the cases in Haiti because they just couldn't pin it on any Americans. I think he just was like, it's morally wrong to just give up on these kids because we can't tie it back to an American. So working independently, he is not bound by those rules. But like I said earlier, he always, 100% of the time, works with the local law enforcement to catch these goddamn scumbags that I wish we could just, can we put a bullet in their brain? Let's not even put them back on the street because they're probably going to do it again. I think uh, molesters, sexual offense, uh, sexual predators, they have the highest recidivism rate of all criminals. So that's going to tell you guys something. Whatever we're doing now is not enough to protect kids, Women, just people that are vulnerable. It's not enough to protect them. These predators get back out and that same urge to hurt people is going to be there. And most of the time, their crimes escalate. It doesn't start out at going out and murdering someone. It always starts a little bit smaller and builds and builds and builds. So, I don't know, guys. Uh, anybody with some ideas, let me know. You can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go check out the Instagram. There's also a Facebook account, but I'm not on that one as much just because I don't have it on my phone and I want to punch Mark Zuckerberg in the face. Actually, I want to punch all the social media motherfuckers in the face. Don't even get me started on that shit. Now they're like blocking anybody that uh, posts anything about masks don't work. It's just like I know you can like literally find uh, conflicting studies. One will say it does work. Others will say there's no fucking way it works. When I went to school, I specifically remember being taught that the masks we wore during surgery were mostly there to catch sweat and hair and stuff like that versus anything we were breathing in or out. So I don't know. I just never bought the mask thing from the beginning. And if that pisses you off, I don't care. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so a few episodes ago, I told you about a man named Jason Vokovic, who's serving a 23-year sentence for assaulting three pedophiles 
He basically used the sex offender list in Alaska to find their addresses, went there, and assaulted them a little bit with a hammer. And he got 23 years for it. It's just, I can't even imagine 23 years for hitting some pedophiles. When usually pedophiles get like these ridiculous slap on the wrist probation sentences for destroying a person's life. You know, it's, I can't even understand what's going on with our justice system. Well, there was some updates recently. He just uh, actually lost his last appeal for a sentence reduction. But... You guys can help him out. He still has an appeal coming up in the next 24 months. And they're basically asking for donations to get a good attorney. Because as we all know, the American justice system is run by money. If you have money for a good attorney, you can basically get a murder. Look at OJ. So we're just trying to raise money for Jason to get a decent attorney. So they got a GoFundMe account. They got an account set up through PayPal. Just go there and search either Jason Vokovic, that's V-U-K-O-V-I-C-H, um, or you might even search the Avenging Angel because that's his nickname. But guys, he definitely needs some help. He needs some support. He actually went out and did something instead of just like bitching on the internet about it. So do what you can to support him. It's like this little community of ours of, you know, save the children or the QAnon people. Actually, I got a QAnon story coming up next, so just hold tight. All of the people that are like coming together to try to stamp out the child exploitation, we all need to support each other because the rest of the world doesn't seem to think that child rape tapes, child trafficking, they don't seem to think it's a big problem. Even though it's catching up to drug sales per year. It's in the billions, you guys. It's a huge industry. And I know it's a bad subject. It's horrible. It makes you feel uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it and we shouldn't address it and do everything in our power to stomp it out. Okay, check this out. There is this image. And I saw it on some interview. And the man was talking about these two pictures of a brain. And they were pictures of children's brains. One was atrophied. You could like literally see a scar tissue. It just looked all fucked up. And the other one just looked like a normal brain. Well, the one that was all scarred and atrophied, that was a brain of a child who had been sexually molested and raped for five years. So this kind of stuff, it affects their brains for the rest of their lives. They have scars in their brains from it, you guys. So they're basically given a life sentence after this type of abuse. So I don't see why everyone isn't screaming from the rooftops to get this shit stamped out of existence. At least in the U.S. Let's start in the U.S. and then we'll branch out and do our world police shit like we do with everything else. Why not? <laughs> But uh, speaking of QAnon, I was at this uh, gathering of sorts this weekend, and uh, it turns out there were some QAnon people there. So I decided to talk to them, you know, just to kind of see what they're about, what their little latest beliefs were. And like I've always said, I'm not QAnon, but a lot of my beliefs and ideas overlap with them. But damn, they go hard. <laughs> they go hard on their beliefs. 
And, you know, you got to respect a motherfucker that just, like, goes hard like they do. And, you know, a lot of people do that with other things. A lot of people are super religious. A lot of people fucking exercise, like, you know, fucking seven days a week in the gym to get crazy muscles. These people are just QAnons. And if you don't know what that is, I've explained it a couple times. Go check out the last show. Or actually, I think it was two shows ago. It totally breaks down what they're all about and how the media is, like, demonizing demonizing them and basically just trying to make the world believe they're these psychotic liars and everything they think about is based in lies and they're violent and they've even lied and said the FBI considers them potential domestic terrorists when that never was stated in the FBI website or that press release. So just don't believe everything you hear about QAnons in the media. Do your own research like I tell you to do with everything else. So, and again, I apologize for my voice. It is like going out really quick here. So we're going to wrap up soon. So I don't know if I've ever mentioned it here on the podcast, but I'm a bit of a knife collector and not like in some fucking weirdo serial killer way. Like when I was five years old, my dad started taking me to gun shows and we'd always go to the little knife tables there and he started getting me knives. So I've been collecting them for basically 35 years. And on the Instagram account, I follow like Spider Co. and Buck and the uh, Black Triangle group, a couple other groups too, Kershaw. But uh, I talked to some of the followers there about, you know, what is my latest knife and all that kind of stuff. And I was talking to Chill Will, hey, what's up, about the Buck Selkirk. Because what's really cool about that knife, besides it looking badass, is the sheath can be modified so the knife actually rides like in a horizontal horizontal manner instead of like the normal vertical thing. You just need some tools. You can take out some bolts and stuff and flip it around. And it looks super badass. That's It's one of my most favorite knives. I just can't use it as like an everyday carry because it's too big and people think I'm crazy. It's like, what's this white bitch doing with this huge knife? <laughs> So right now my everyday carry is the Kershaw Cryo and I've literally bought I think three of them so far. I've lost one and one I accidentally washed and dried and it made all the bolts come loose and I don't remember what happened to the other one but oh actually I still have the other one. I just it's like the perfect size it flips open really nicely and if you're just looking for like you know nice little pocket knife for an everyday carry go check out that Kershaw Cryo. It is beautiful. Um, and another thing is Spyderco. They usually have this convention every year, but this year, because the Kabobo 19, they can't do it. So they're actually having their huge sale online. So go check out the Spyderco website. It's one of the, like, the most, I don't know, it's, it's a really well-made knife and... They always have awesome designers come in and work with the teams there at Spyderco. I know law enforcement and stuff like that use Spyderco a lot. They're kind of expensive, so you don't want to get this knife and go out and fucking like pry open clamshells in the dirt. It's not that kind of knife. Use a buck knife for that. <laughs> but they are a beautiful knife, and the craftsmanship is pretty nice on those. Another one I follow is Benchmade. They're one of the more expensive knives, but they're fucking beautiful. 
They're U.S. made uh, right here on the West Coast in Oregon. So if you want to get a really beautiful yet expensive knife, go check out Benchmade. Um, if you have any other questions about knives, guys, fucking send it to me. I'm a little bit of a weapon knife expert here. And I'd be happy to uh, let you know what I think about a certain knife company or whatever. Now, even like knives that are being made in China, they are actually kind of coming along. They're not all just pieces of shit. A lot of them are really shitty, but not all anymore. So don't automatically discount a knife now just because it's made in China. So I'm sorry again, you guys, this voice, I know it's fucking terrible. We're going to get out of here right about now. So if you guys have any questions on the cases or information on the cases, if you have a missing person that you want me to profile, you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or you can go to the Instagram. I'm, you know, you'll get a faster response to the email and Instagram. Uh, or you can go to Facebook. I'm not there as often, but you can go there and eventually I'll check the account. Um, send me the information. We'll talk and see what we can get together. Uh, I'd like to thank Sacramento because they are still my number one downloaders. Number two is Portland, Oregon and Los Angeles. Hey, what's up, LA? You guys have always been kind of lurking around, but now you guys have the number three spot. So that's what's up and thank you guys. I got a lot of the information for today's episode off a website and it's called inverse.com. I also use the hour... Uh, you know, the Our Underground Railroad. I use their website for information as well as Wikipedia. Don't want to leave out all that shit. Uh, I guess that's about it. And as I always tell you guys, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Cha-chao.